The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm so excited to have as my guest today, Jillian Duclos, who is the Interim Executive Director of the Downtown Northampton Association. Hi, Jillian. How are you? Hi, Tara. I'm great. The weather is beautiful today. Nothing to complain about. Lots of great things happening downtown. So very excited to talk about all the things. Yeah, and I'm so happy that you're here. So thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people know you, which I just realized having you come into the studio, um, everyone's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you for a while. What's going on? Joan Holiday especially was like, I miss your sweet face. So how do people know you? I mean, what are, what are they talking about when they're saying I miss you? I think they're mostly talking about my hostess with the mostest <laughs> style from <laughs> Sylvester's for uh, the 10 years that I work there. Yeah, we met up every day. Every day, yeah, something the, got the me out of bed. The station. <laughs> How many times do you used to go over there, Joan Holiday? Twice a day. See, see, and that yeah. was probably like a range. Some people probably <laughs> went once. Some people probably went three or four times. True. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was hard to ignore a nice cookie in the afternoon to get you through the end of the day. I, I think still that's miss really what it is. The cowgirl cookies. Mm. Mm. A little bit of everything in those cowgirl cookies. Yeah. Yeah. How can you forget? <laughs> yeah, I miss the hash and cornbread. Oh, and, and everything. Chop chop salad. We could go on forever, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> We're not. We're here I thought that's about you, Jillian. <laughs> well, it's a big, it's a big piece of Jillian's story. So, how did you land at Sylvester's? That, that is actually a really funny story that I'd be happy to tell on air. But I was just out of high school. I was actually working for a bank at the time, trying to think about going back to school. Um, I was, you know, going to Holyoke Community College. I had a friend who actually worked at Roberto's as um, a host, and she said, why don't you come in, you know, apply, we're hiring. Um, And I just went in for an application. We had just spent the day, I dropped her off at work. We spent the day swimming. It was August, it was a hot day. We were laying out in the sun, and I literally was in a bathing suit with a cover-up on. And I just went in to get an application. (laughs) And Mo, who runs the restaurant, said, oh, you want to work here? Let's sit down. So I literally had my first interview in my bathing suit. Oh, that's that. confidence boosting. I yeah. love it. You know, I really do. I mean, where did those days go? Where yeah. you just like did not care. You just like owned it, right? You just like, you were like, why not? I'm just going to go for it. Just There's like no fear, right? Like no yeah. consideration of this is not appropriate or I should be doing something other than what I want to do right now. I miss those days. That was 19 for me. I was 19 years old. I feel like it's easy to have that kind of attitude at 19. There's more at stake as you get older, right? You know, when you're trying to make an impact on your community. But, you know, I sat down. (laughs) More people know you. (laughs) And more people know you. You can't really get away with as much as you used to get away with. Yeah. Yeah. But I like to change that narrative around here. So maybe we can do that moving forward. Mm, But Okay. um, (laughs) How late is Packers open till these days? (laughs) Shorten my window of troublemaking. That's right. That's right. Um, So, yeah. So, you know, Mo sat me down and interviewed me um, and I got the job on the spot 
mostly because I work for friendlies. And she always says things like when you come from, you know, when she meets people who come from corporations like that who work really well on training their staff and things like that, she's always super impressed. So um, I actually started at Roberto's. Um, and Mo kind of saw something else in me and was like, I think you'd be a better fit at Sylvester's um, and move me down the street. And honestly, when I started there, I had never been there before. I'm a Holyoke girl, born and raised. And what's funny is that, you know, the same vein of Northampton and East Hampton, you know, you just never cross those lines when I was younger. We always ended up kind of in the, you know, Hamden County region. Springfield, my grandparents live in Aguam. So I didn't travel out this way very often. But when I walked into Sylvester's, I was like, yes, this is where I should be. And then it became my family from there on out. You know, I worked my way through school there. I met a lot of people in the community. I think about the days when we used to come in early and set up all the tables in the cafe to do eggs and issues with WRSI and WHMP. Bill Newman would be there. It, it was just a eggs really great issues. time. I don't remember eggs and issues. You missed it. It was really great. Get out into the community. Our new station, WHMP, would have, uh, you know, community leaders there talking about what's going on in town. That's so cool. Yeah, I think I met Claire Higgins that way. Yeah. She was the mayor that during that time. And, you know, then I just started chatting with people. It's yeah. just who I am. But yeah, like the counter at Sylvester's. Yeah. <laughs> Not about me, though. No, I don't ever no. tell anybody about me. But like, <laughs> you know, just talking about what was going on in the community. I was very politically involved in Holyoke during that time. So I was working closely with... Um, Alex Moores, who was running for mayor in 2011, as, and then he became elected as the youngest and first gay mayor of Holyoke. And we were all so young then driving this campaign. And I used to, you know, talk to people who came into Sylvester's about what was going on in the political scene and how, you know, I could take a lot of what Northampton was doing in their downtown and kind of understand that so I could bring it back to Holyoke and see how we could utilize some of those same tactics to bring our downtown and our community closer together. I think it's interesting that I landed in Northampton because it's just such a leader um, in the valley and, you know, in this area in terms of bringing, you know, different ideas and different ways of thinking and doing things to the next level. And I think a lot of communities have always looked to Northampton for that. So Mm -hmm. it was an interesting time to be working as a barista at the cafe counter (laughs) at Sylvester's. I I love that. I I don't even remember that the the eggs and community, um, but I love that that's totally what the station embodies. You know, it's like just getting out, getting in the community and partnering. And I love that Sylvester's was there for for it, you know, to host that and to be that community spot. Um, And I also love Alex Morse. Like I love you know, I love that that progressive, that young. I love that you worked on that campaign because, you know, even though it wasn't Northampton, it was a, a, an amazing thing for Holyoke. I think it really kind of put Holyoke on the map in, in a new and different way than yeah. it had been before, for and, me anyway. And Alex was always so interesting. He was such a frontward-facing human, you know, who spent a lot of time going out and talking to other folks about Holyoke and the community. And we started, 
you know, moving away from having a negative connotation of, you know, how we work and kind of what our troubles were to kind of this positive, like we're looking forward to change. We know we have some challenges, but we have all these amazing people at the table that are coming together to to shift that narrative. And it was really a fun process to be a part of. And I remember um, during his second term, I was actually on the uh, Holyoke Democratic Committee and I was elected the Democrat of the year. I had to give a speech and I was like, what do I talk about? Um, and at the time, it was very divisive, um, you know, this kind of old Holyoke versus new Holyoke, right? And I just kind of gave this speech where I said, listen, like, we're not old Holyoke and we're not new Holyoke, but we're one Holyoke. Um, and I think that sometimes when you're going through something, going through change, any kind of change is really hard. It's hard to understand. It's hard to navigate. And that that message kind of resonated with our community and changed the way we started thinking about things. And I think, you know, as we navigate change and what's next for Northampton and what the future looks like and what the next trend is, you know, I really think Northampton has been the trendsetter in the area and we're just in a time of figuring out what that next trend will be. Um, that, you know, that kind of thinking will bring us together as a community to enjoy all the great things happening here and to come together to overcome some of the challenges that might come our way. Yeah, I definitely feel like we're kind of in like a <laughs> a parked car moment, you know, mm-hmm. where we're kind of pushing and pulling and trying to figure out where we want to go to next. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to hear more about where you think we're going to go next because, you know, I think to your point, we've always been a front runner and a leader. Um, and so I think we need to, to reclaim that in the near future again. We will. We will. <laughs> I have confidence in that. I'm personally really excited about the Iron Horse and the Calvin. I know a little fact about me, a tidbit, is I've never been to the Iron Horse before. I know I get that face every time. <laughs> you, you should see Joan and I both like our mouths just drop wide open like, what? How I is very, that possible? Where did you, did you go out in Holyoke in Springfield? I, I had very strict parents. I did not go out very often in that kind of capacity. Yeah. You know, I spent a lot of time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Within my family confines, you know. Got it. Um, But it'll happen. Yeah, I can't wait. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Jillian Duclos, who is the Interim Executive Director of the DNA. And we'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Jillian Duclos, who is the Interim Executive Director of the DNA. And for people who are wondering, what is the DNA? I have no idea what you're talking about. The DNA is the Downtown Northampton Association, and you can find more information about it on NorthamptonDNA.com. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so exciting. F- full disclosure, I'm on the board. And Jillian, as we said, is the interim ED um, uh, and previously was on the board um, before she became the interim ED when Amy Kaling left. So do I you want to fearless talk, leader. I know, AC, who left us to go to Greenfield. Or I think she was known also as DN Amy. Yes, yes. she was. For a while. <laughs> I don't have a name that plays that well with that. Yeah. So we'll have to think of a new nickname. Yeah. If I end up sticking around. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you're you're good. <laughs> Jillian's good. I feel like you have such a, a a legacy in town between Roberto's and Sylvester's, and you know we were just talking on the um, before the break about your legacy too in Holyoke and working on Alex Morris's campaign and being in the political limelight. So. I feel like you're standing on your own. You don't need a nickname like DN Amy. But if anybody coins one, <laughs> you just let me know. <laughs> First prize. <laughs> um, so the tagline for DNA is loving Northampton is in our DNA. And yes. so do you want to talk a little bit about how you came to find the Downtown Northampton Association and become a part of it? Yeah, that's also a great story that starts at Sylvester's. Uh, All roads lead to home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was really, you know, my father-in-law, Pete, actually sat on the board before I did. And I think, um, you know, I met Amy, who was running the DNA during covid Um, And I was really watching what the DNA was doing. Businesses were really struggling in COVID. And it was a time that felt very lonely. I felt very um, lucky that I had, you know, a team of four plus really great employees that really helped us to navigate that time period and kind of stuck it out and really, you know, put forth an effort that really kept us alive in ways that we didn't imagine. But the DNA played a really big role in our ability to do that. But we were changing operations daily. We were coming up with new ways of doing business. Um, It was really a tough time, um, which I secretly really enjoyed because that's what I'm really good at. (laughs) Tough times. Well, just um, shifting operations and being, you know, a leader around uh, coming up with new systems. I love changing, shifting, moving, expanding, growing. You know, I'd like to think of myself as a visionary in that way. Um, But I love to be faced with problems and figure out the best way to solve those problems and make it all happen. So I really, that time kept me very busy. Um, But it was really interesting. Right before the pandemic hit, Sylvester's actually had gone through a big renovation. And we, um, we renovated our dining room. And we opened it for three weeks, I believe, before the pandemic hit. And then we ended up closing. But we were in a um, organizational shift at that point where we were moving from um, table service and counter service to order at the counter service. Um, So I, you know, as our tagline at Sylvester's has always been local before it was cool. 
Um, I always laugh with people that we were actually uh, pandemic friendly before it was cool because we had already shifted a lot of our operations to kind of be, you know, COVID friendly with this new we shifted POS systems and we, you know, shifted to order online and we were kind of already set up for that. Nice. And I'm not sure that the transit transition to making that happen would have been so seamless if the pandemic didn't happen. It was a challenge to get people who had done the same thing for 30 years and have an expectation of what Sylvester's was and what it was supposed to look like to shift it in that kind of dramatic way. But what we were really trying to do was create equality among our staff. You know, we were able to pay people you know, a fair hourly wage. We started pooling tips. It created this teamwork atmosphere, this seamless way of moving that really supported our staff and what we were doing. And people were making great money. So it was really a shift to help support, you know, the shifts in the industry, but also um, to make sustainable lives for our staff members. And it was really a cool time to like be able to bring that to fruition. So. And that's something that you were driving for the company? Yes. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, I, I love that. And I love that, um, you know, you use the word equality because so often in restaurants, it's, it's not about equality and, you know, there's senior, um, servers and there's bartenders and there's kitchen staff and nobody is on the same level usually. Yeah. Um, and who gets what section, you yeah. know, we used to try and figure out equal ways of parsing out sections some sections are busier you know so it eliminated a lot of those types of issues that really hurt the bottom line and it also shifted this idea that like you know you could make money equally on any day that you worked instead of having to really kill yourself on a Sunday morning to make you know two hundred you know two hundred dollars because Sundays are the busiest days. So it gave some flexibility around our staff to have a little more work life balance. That if you took a Sunday off, you wouldn't lose out so much in terms of what your bottom line is for the week. So it was really mm-hmm. cool. That is really cool. And so, you know, I guess thinking about the pandemic, thinking about what the DNA meant to you at that time. And, you know, for me, it's all a blur being involved with the DNA and just Amy really was there um, for so many businesses. And at the DNA, we have a few pillars of, of what we do. And one of them is advocacy. And I feel like advocacy really rose to the top um, because, you know, we weren't really worried about maintenance and beautification and we weren't really thinking about events and marketing um, and Arts Night Out obviously wasn't happening. Um, so, you know, advocacy was really Amy's focus, you know, trying to advocate for businesses, whether it was with the government or the state or with each other, you know, to keep everybody afloat. Yeah, uh, a lot of advocacy, a lot of ways of bringing us together as a community through that work that she was doing. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I got to I got to befriend this person because I'm like very interested in what she is doing and I want to be doing what she is doing, Hmm. Um, which is what led me to the DNA board, along with my father-in-law saying, I've done this for a long time and I think it's time to, you know, step off and have some of the newer, younger folks who are coming in on the in the business community be a part of this. 
Um, so that's how I ended up at the DNA. And then I did become friends with Amy. <laughs> so she told me all of her ways, <laughs> kind of. We miss you, Amy Kaylane. We do. Um, yeah, and I think that's true. You know, Northampton pre pre pandemic has had seen this big shift, this big seismic shift happening of the old guard either retiring, selling their business, or closing. And so I think that was. I don't even know if it was 2010, the, the past decade or 2015, you know, like I'm just thinking of like Judith Fine and Kathy Cross and Mo and Pete and, you know, just a, a lot of the, the older generation starting to sell their business and transition out. And, and it has been kind of a big passing of the torch or changing of the guards for town. Yeah, and I think what's interesting is that I've been very lucky up to this point in my life um, to have the guidance of Mo and Pete. I do think there are a lot of young, new business owners in town, um, but I've learned a lot from them. And I think there's this misconception that people who had been doing business here for a long time or were business owners that retired don't have anything to bring to the table. Um, But I do think collaboration between both the young and the people who have been here is really important. And I've been really lucky to see both perspectives. Yeah. So it's yeah. interesting. I, you know, that's one thing I often think of too in, in the work that we do externally facing in the community is there's so many amazing people here that show up, you know, and sort of show how to be present in the community and be community ambassadors or be uh, really uh, giving or conscientious business owners. So I think we are really lucky for for that. Yeah. I know everybody really cares. Everybody mm. gets up in the morning with the best foot forward, putting their best foot forward, trying to do what they think is best for this community. Yep. Well, we're going to hear a little bit more about what you're doing for this community. I'm Tara Brewster, and you're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Jillian Duclos, the interim executive director of the DNA. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm joined today by Jillian Duclos, who is the Interim Executive Director of the DNA. And the DNA stands for Downtown Northampton Association, and you can find out more information about that on NorthamptonDNA.com. And our tagline is, Loving Northampton is in our DNA. It's a good one. I don't know who came up with it. I inherited it as the Interim Executive Director And I feel very tied to that. It does feel right. Um, You know, and folks all the time say, oh, DNA. And I'm like, yeah, like, you know, it's just part of our life force to do what we do downtown um, and breathe um, life, you know, into what we do and to highlight all the wonderful things that happen here. I mean, So many folks are working so hard in this community, get up every day to put their best foot forward, uh, to make Northampton thrive, grow, to be so inclusive. I mean, think about that. I mean, to be in a community that is so inclusive where you can come here and be as you are, 
you know, it's unique. Yeah, I talked about that last week with Carla growing up here um, because I grew up in Northampton and, you know, I knew it as the lesbian capital of the United States growing up, you know, so I always had this like sense that we were different and accepting and welcoming and where people can come and be who they are in Northampton. So it is a special place for sure. And it's worked really, really well for us, you know, in the sense that, you know, there's all this division that's going on, you know, beyond our community to actually be a community that brings people together and does well around that is really something to be proud of. And I think people lose sight of that, you know, especially with the controversial Main Street redesign. You know, we have opinions and we we engage in civil discourse and conversation. And so because we have this type of like hodgepodge melting pot of of a place where you can say and, and be who you are, a lot of feelings always bubble up and it's always a very interesting conversation. Yeah. And it's it's incredible that people are so engaged Mm -hmm. that they care so much about what the future of Northampton looks like and that's really what is at the core of all of it and that's why I like to say people get up every morning and try and put their best foot forward you know I think sometimes we get in the weeds around you know us against them or I don't believe this or they believe that but at the end of the day everybody has ideas and beliefs and and care for this community and they're only taking what those are and trying to put their best foot forward to do what they think is best to make sure that Northampton stays on the map, that this is a place where people come and they spend a weekend and they go to shows and they shop and they explore really wonderful restaurants. Um, so yeah, I think it's it'll be nice to shift the narrative around that a little bit in that, you know, it's everybody's trying to just do the right thing. So where do we go from there? Yeah, and I think that's a great segue for for the narrative of the DNA Mm because we're shifting too. Um, You know, we're in the midst of a strategic plan. Um, We have been under the umbrella of the Greater Northampton Chamber of Commerce, which has really served us well. Um, But there's been a lot of confusion and murkiness around, are you a part of the chamber? Are you separate from the chamber? How do I become a member of the DNA? Do I have to be a member of the chamber in order to support the DNA? So do you want to talk about that right now? Because I feel like you stepped into a, a hornet's nest, kind of, of just change of not only leadership change at the DNA, but change as a as an organization and sort of reimagining where we want to go. Yeah, it's actually a really exciting time at the DNA. You know, in COVID and through the pandemic, we really exercised our advocacy arm. It really, really grew. The DNA looked very different, I think, as an organization pre-COVID. Um, and then what happened was and it happened to all of us in business is the pandemic ended and it was full force moving forward and picking up exactly where we left off. Or but trying the, to. Or trying to. <laughs> like different car. I don't know. It was like a Flintstone car instead of one that actually went anywhere, you know? Yeah. And I, was I like, totally where'd the e-brake agree. go? <laughs> How come this thing won't shift out of fifth gear? It's wild. But that was the expectation, right? That like everybody get up and go back to work and do what we did before. But so much of the landscape has changed. Mm -hmm. So much of the way the community works together. So many ways of doing business have changed. You know, we're just evolving. And it's really kind of 
hard to think about it coming out of the pandemic, which was so such a hard time. But I think we can think about it as kind of a rebirth. But like what the DNA gets to do is take a pause in in some sense of the way and really think about where we've been, what we're doing now and where we're going to go and how the needs of our downtown business community and the downtown community have changed and shifted and how we can meet the shifting needs and, you know, give the community give back to the community exactly what they need so that they can thrive. I like to think the DNA is a creative economic uh, driver for downtown where we work around cleaning up the streets. We have just formed a um, Back to Paradise committee that's working really hard to bring folks together monthly to do cleanup downtown, to pull stickers off of signs and make it feel like a brighter, more walkable space, you know, as you know, life happens and overnights happen and whatever that looks like when people are out in the darkness <laughs> yeah. doing their thing. Youth, youth uh, ec- extra time and yeah. too much energy on your hands, <laughs> which the 44-year-old myself does not have. But yeah, Kevin McAllister um, has really taken that from the bike path, right, mm-hmm. which is where it started. He was just seeing a lot of graffiti and tagging and stickers and things all over the bike path, which was making him a little bit crazy. And so he was doing some projects there and then brought it to the DNA and said, hey, can we do this in town? Um, And he's also a board member of the DNA, um, along with some of the other members. I think Deb Henson is helping him with the beautification project. And Bob Bob Fozzie. Yeah, love Bob. Fozzie, Fozzie, we're working it out. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to ask him. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, just incredible, really incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's interesting. You know, we run events. It's a big part of what we do. Um, We ran the Taste of Northampton this past September. And what's amazing is to bring people from all over beyond, you know, Northampton to show people what we really have to offer. And I talk about this a lot. Like, I don't want um, the burden of keeping our downtown and our Northampton community alive to local residents. It's a lot. That's a big burden. You know, there are a lot of folks outside of this area that we can really capture and bring in and have them bring their resources here and spend their money here, too, you know. And I think that that's a lot of what happened to a lot of communities during COVID is that, you know, it's all of this local effort to keep it alive. But there's really a lot of people out there that we can really touch and market to and talk to about what's going on here. And I think, you know, with the rebirth of the Iron Horse and what's coming back and all the talks about who's going to bring the Calvin back, that there is a lot happening here that people would be willing to travel from, you know, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, to stay at our hotels, to spend a weekend here, to go to a few different restaurants, to shop and then go out to a show. I mean, my best story that I have recently is that I've joined the Jazz Festival Board, which has been this amazing experience, but they had Jazz Fest, you know, we held it at the end of September, and I went to, you know, they have a big show um, at the end, and it happened at the Academy, and I went and saw all of these famous jazz performers perform at the Calvin, 
And I got out and I walked downtown and Homestead down on Strong Ave is doing this late night bar slash menu. And I went there and I had a cocktail. And then I was like, you know, it's kind of early. I'm going to go home. Um, I'm going to go out. Go I'm home. not going to go I'm home. I'm not going to go home. <laughs> um, I had a babysitter, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I ended up at Packard's because I have friends who work there. And uh, a lot of the musicians that were playing throughout the day were hanging out in the back. And I got to meet Christian Sands, who's a famous pianist. And I'm like, I spent three years in New York City and never met anybody famous. Like, this is what's happening in Northampton. I it's love, really incredible. I love the back room of Packard's. The library, you have your own separate bathroom back there. I mean, people that don't know should know because it's like the best, <laughs> the best hangout back there. You like walk through all the Packard's and then what is it? Take a right. Don't tell everybody. Oh, well, <laughs> well, it's great. There, There's a library you can rent out and have a private like meeting or whatever. And it's just it's great. So I'm not surprised they were hanging out back there because... Yeah, so it's just, you know, a lot to look forward to. You never know what's going to happen downtown. You don't. And thank you for being a part of the magic. I'm Tara Brewster. You're listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Jillian Duclos, the Interim Executive Director of the DNA. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm joined today by Jillian Duclos, who's the Interim Executive Director of the Downtown Northampton Association. And we've been hearing all about just how Jillian really views town and her life and just the relationship between downtown Northampton and Northampton at large. And I would love to know from you, Jillian, where the DNA is at right now and then where what we can expect from the DNA of the future. Yeah. So the DNA is in a um, very arduous but very wonderfully driven strategic planning process. As I talked about earlier in the show, you know, we're really in this space where we're evaluating where we've been, where we are now, and what the future of the DNA is going to look like, which is really an exciting time to kind of be able to facilitate that and be a part of that conversation. We held a downtown business owners meeting to really get feedback um, from the downtown business community around what they believe the DNA does do, what they would like to see the DNA do, um, so we're really evaluating that kind of feedback. I've been on a listening tour talking to folks downtown about how they see the DNA and what they might need from the DNA. But I'd really like to get back to a place where, you know, the DNA has grown in so many ways, which is very exciting. Um, but we don't have the capacity as an organization quite yet to fulfill all the the ways in which we have grown and to do it well. So we're really looking at the next year to set some priorities that make sense so that we can work on, you know, um, driving economic development downtown. I think really the vision for the DNA, from my perspective, is to be a hub, you know, a driver 
downtown and to help empower businesses to do what makes sense for them and that the DNA helps facilitate those things. You know, I think about the Taste of Northampton, for example. What a wonderful event. You know, we brought people from all over. I believe 12,000 people came out to enjoy the taste. Another side of that is being a business owner is very lonely, but bringing businesses out on the street to work together and to see things through each other's eyes and to make that connection with one another, that we're not in it alone, that we have a whole community of business owners and folks that are doing the same thing every day um, was really a beautiful thing to facilitate. But, you know, even somebody who comes from a background in business and a background in the restaurant industry, I or even the 12 members that sit on the DNA board don't always necessarily know what's always good for the restaurant community or for the retail community. But I'd really like to bring people together so that those communities are working together to do what makes sense for their bottom line. What kind of events make sense for retailers um, and also you know, we rent tents every year, you know, fire retardant tents to make sure that folks can cook out on the street for the taste. That's a huge expense. But maybe the DNA is the place where we go out and find grant funding to actually buy 30 tents so that restaurants on any given beautiful weekend in October can come to the DNA and say, we actually need to borrow a fire retardant tent. We'd like to bring some food out onto the street. Um, We have a musician coming down. You know, different ways of collaborating and providing resources to businesses so that they can utilize those resources to grow and to sustain what they're doing and also to grow and bring new people in. So that's kind of what I see the DNA um, morphing into. Um, So yeah, I think it's a really, really exciting time. And this is happening now because we are moving to become our own organization. So we've always been umbrellaed under the chamber and they've been a really great parent of the DNA and helping to house us and make sure that we could gain a foundation and footing on our own as an organization. But I think we're ready to, you know, take a step off the ledge and fly on our own. So in the new year, we'll be coming our own 501c3. So yeah, look out for us and all the things that that we're doing. We're really kind of trying to get to the heart of our mission and our vision and why we're here. But it's really for the downtown community. So we're really trying to look for feedback and ways that it makes sense for us to move in the world to drive economic development downtown. Yeah. And and formerly and now, you know, we sort of had these pillars of maintenance and beautification, events and marketing, advocacy um, and arts night out. And, you know, as a board, there's a really wonderful board of directors right now who's working on a strategic plan to figure out, is that what we're going to be focusing on in the future? Is that what's needed? Um, So not only becoming a nonprofit, but also working on like a new set of of directives to focus on, I think is going to be super exciting for us. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting in the way that like we've moved in the world and I'd like to see, you know, everything is connected, you know, like the circle of life, but like what the DNA does in driving economic development not only helps businesses, but it helps drive tax dollars to help City Hall raise money so that there's more funding for schools and that we have more money to work with to help 
alleviate some of the other issues that happen downtown and beyond. Um, so I really also see the DNA as being a community-funded organization and not necessarily an organization that is um, supported solely by businesses. Yeah, and and in the past, you know, how we did get support was that people could become members. So um, downtown property owners could um, support us at a $500 level if you owned property in the downtown footprint. Um, businesses who have first floor locations was 200. Um, basements or second or third floors was 100 bucks. Families, I think, was 50 and individuals was 25. And then you could have community support at 1,000. And so I think what a lot of people don't know is that the DNA isn't funded through some grant or through landlords like a bid, you know, so our budget is really small. It's it's $100,000 a year to put on all these events and do all of these things. And, you know, it's like very, you know, I've always said we're very scrappy. Um, we're a very scrappy organization, but I don't want to be a scrappy organization anymore. That's my dream for the DNA. It's like, how can we actually get some support, some grant funding and some real streams of income so that we have capacity to put on these events, get these grants. And you were talking about earlier off off air about how a lot of the grant funding you have to pay for before you can actually get reimbursed for it. Yeah, so the financial side is always a tough side. And I think the community, as well as all the folks you talked about, will see, you know, how the DNA transforms and evolves and will be very excited, you know, to put some effort, whether it's volunteering or having dollars to help um, support the DNA. But what's amazing about the DNA is though we're a scrappy organization, everything that comes into the DNA goes directly back into economic development. And I mean that to the penny, um, which is very unique for organizations um, to be able to do. And we're just figuring out ways that we can stretch those dollars um, to make sure that we're getting back for businesses exactly what they deserve out of what they put in. Well, um, thank you so much, Jillian, for coming on the show and for talking today. Um, I'm really excited to to see what 2024 cooks up for you and for the DNA. Um, and I also just wanted to, to give a shout out to our board, um, the DNA board members. Um, it's myself and Pete Normand, uh, Bob Fazzi, Deb Flynn, Chris Freeman, Bryn Grant, Deb Henson, Jeff uh, Hosebrooks, Stephanie Smith, Kevin McCarthy, um, who I always say is Kevin McAllister. I don't know. That might be. It is Kevin McAllister. Okay, okay. And we laugh about the McCarthy mix up, okay. you know, like bringing it back to McCarthyism. But we're not. OK. Um, Danny McColgan and Isaac Weiner. So thank you all for being a part of the DNA board. It's been really wonderful. Um, and again, if you want to find out more information about the DNA, go to NorthamptonDNA.com. And I just want to say thank you so much to Business West and also to Greenfield Savings Bank for sponsoring the show. I really appreciate it, um, Gia especially for being my employer and being the community leader that you are. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Thank you so much to Jillian Duclos for coming on. Thanks for listening. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.